2: Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself yourself a Gun, gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. it. We're very excited for all of you joining us again for another great episode. Just reminding you once again to give us five stars in a review on uh, all of the, you know, uh, podcast stores and shit uh please do that uh we recently got one from someone uh whose username was gramps and uh he gave us four stars uh because he said he loved the podcast but he does not agree with our politics which i thought was fair I, enough that's good we I don't a- expect a gramps to enjoy our politics
3: yeah that's fine I mean as long as he's listening that's cool we need a few Gary from Fremont's every now and then just to every fill out the listener hey, hey this is Gary
2: from Fremont I just want to say that uh I love all the jokes about uh sucking your own dick on the Sopranos <laughs> podcast but I do not think that socialism is good <laughs> goodbye yeah, it's a big <laughs> yeah. tent yeah it's a big tent we're a big tent podcast uh so yeah give us a five stars interview. review also, you know, uh just remind you patreon.com uh broadcast the $8 tier is pot of yourself a shout out and at the end of the episode we're going to give some of y'all some mafia nicknames. So uh be excited for that. Who doesn't want to hear their name on the world's only Sopranos podcast? So It's a great honor. It is a great honor and uh you guys will enjoy it. All right. Now that we've got all of that out of the way, today Vince and I, uh, we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 5 of The Sopranos Irregular Around the Margins, Mm. and our guest today, uh, you know him, you love him, from the Pardon My Take podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, PFT is here. What's up, guys?
4: Long time listener. First time Zoomer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you figure out how to get the Zoom to work. You look good. You sound good. I'm very excited for uh, for you being on this episode.
4: Listen, I'm I'm pumped up about this. I honestly have I've been listening. uh, I listened to the broadcast way back in the day. Vince and I go way back. That's right. I I know. Vince and I shared a a healthy meal at the House of Prime Rib one time where he taught me about second slices. And now I'm just a second (laughs) slice guy. It doesn't matter what restaurant I'm at. I could be like at a subway and I'll be like, do I get second slices with that? It'll change your life. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Wait, what's I
4: don't know about second
2: slice. Oh, dude, what well, he impressed
3: that? us big time. We went to the House of Prime Rib, and we had heard rumor that at House of Prime Rib in San Francisco, you know, you can get a big ass slice of prime rib, which, you know, will just eating the normal amount will give you the meat sweats. Like, I've never not woken up in the middle of the night uh, after eating House of Prime Rib, but you can also, mm-hmm. if you're still hungry, order. A second slice. I don't think any of us had ever actually done it before. But uh, do you get like BFT made when you, it happen, and we were all very impressed?
2: Is it a free slice? Is it like a code oh, yeah. where you like you yeah, say you second pay. slice, and they're like fuck, and they have to give you another one? I mean, kinda.
4: I, th- I think if you say it with enough confidence, they'll give it to you. If you're like, <laughs> "Do you guys do the second slice here?" Then they're like, "Okay, this guy doesn't know about second slices." What's <laughs> this guy's never
2: heard of second slice so he doesn't know he gets it for free so fuck him yeah, we're not got, giving you him you gotta the make second eye slice. contact
3: you gotta get a little bass in your voice otherwise uh yeah they're like this guy can't handle it
2: well that's that's amazing i didn't know you could do that um and i'm gonna try that next time i'm at the house of prime rib in san francisco but pft yeah. tell me
4: uh this is a sopranos podcast do you like the sopranos i love the sopranos i just recently started re-watching it and um, it's I, it's better the second time through. And one mm. of my favorite things to do on part of my take is um, well, our producer Hank started watching The Sopranos a couple years ago. So every now and again, like I don't know, once every couple months, we'll just throw in a random Sopranos spoiler for him on an episode that we know that he hasn't watched yet. <laughs> to the point where we made him stop watching the show halfway through. Uh, but yeah, it's it's actually liberating to be on a show like this where I can say like, hey, you remember when? uh bobby balakava got shot in the middle of the train store and uh Mm -hmm. and then uh tony killed christopher because he was a drug addict yeah and not feel like the pressure of anybody being like hey pft why are you ruining this entire show for us that came out 20 years ago so um it's it's good to be able to have that freedom on this show i don't know how you guys feel about spoilers but um it's something else when somebody accuses you of, of dropping spoilers on a show that came out like over a dozen years ago. I feel yeah,
3: far I more about strongly it. about people telling me not to spoil stuff than I do about spoilers. I mean, my position is that spoilers, uh, like aren't really real. Like you can't, mm. I mean, there's only so much, like, like, yeah, there's some movies where I want people to go in cold or whatever, but, uh, right. for the most part, and especially for the fucking Sopranos, which is a very old and b not spoilable. Like knowing a plot point in the Sopranos, uh does nothing to your enjoyment of the show of it in my yeah it's kind of
2: being like watching you know oh i'm watching seinfeld for the first time no spoilers it's like there's nothing to you're still gonna really like seinfeld chances are uh even if you know that they all get arrested in the end like you don't have to to know
3: what the treat at the bottom of the box is to enjoy the cereal because like you're not really if you're looking for the treat you fucked up to begin with (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great analogy. I love that. The treat is there's a treat in every single episode. You can definitely start each episode. of The Sopranos Cold, watch it all the way through and still really enjoy it. Like last night, I, I jumped into watching uh, this episode and I skipped ahead a little bit from where I was. And I was just I was actually like kind of blown away because you forget how good the acting becomes with, uh, oh, yeah. with James Gandolfini and Edie Falco screaming at each other. It's like, oh, yeah, this I remember just how great this uh, this series got.
2: Yeah, I mean, so like when you watched it, you you'd seen it before. So when you say you jumped ahead, you already you already knew. Uh, you know all the spoilers because you you had them spoiled by watching them. Is watching yeah. something that's not a spoiler? Yeah, no, it's I just... self
4: spoiled. Yeah, I, I I watched it all the way through to the end. I was a real asshole to myself.
3: <laughs> Jesus does not like it when you self spoil. Uh, you are gonna have to go to your priest after that. <laughs>
2: go to confession um so when you watched it the first time did you see it like as it came out or did you discover it kind of like later on
4: it was like it was a little bit after the fact so i i caught up when i watched it. i started watching like season three season four maybe yeah uh and then i went back and i watched the the first couple of seasons um to kind of like fill in the gaps as i was watching the later ones so i watched it like totally out of sync um probably not the way that it was intended to be seen for the first time. But like it's like you said, it really doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a good enough show where each episode stands on its own. Yeah. Yeah. no. It's a show that about true. buddies. It's like uh, every show that comes out on HBO, <laughs> it's entourage, but for a different uh, yeah, demographics. Right. <laughs> so there's just entourage for Italians.
3: Yeah, <laughs> there's Italian entourage. There's sports entourage. There's mm-hmm. medieval entourage. Uh, yeah insecure
2: yeah. is black entourage <laughs> that's right dragon yeah.
4: entourage yeah you can go medieval or dragon entourage <laughs> either one works
2: <laughs> yeah and then there's real sex which is um there's lena dunham
3: oh, entourage oh that's girls <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah, now yeah. there's another one that nobody's watching which is fun there's yeah. another lena dunham show yeah she made well i think she's like an executive producer or something it was like called generation well it's generation but the t is a plus for some reason
2: oh i've seen i've seen the fucking logo for that i watched the first one
3: it's about like a flamboyant uh water polo guy he's like a gay mean girl kind of i don't know i wasn't really into it
4: i would watch a show where it just tracks down all of her old dogs and just like (laughs) true true life i am a i'm an ex lena dunham dog right Right, just see how they're doing these days. I miss well, those guys.
3: You know how a twenty four just well they just put out a trailer for their next one, which is just called Lamb. And I like I keep wanting it to put a Y on the end for Lammy because that was uh, Lena Dunham's dog's name, and have yeah. it be like a you know like a a prestige thriller about searching for Lammy or Lammy comes back from the dead and uh, haunts someone. I don't know.
2: Got to workshop yeah. it,
3: but it's the idea is there.
2: I will not uh, sit here and watch Lena Dunham's good name. Uh, and good dog names uh, be denigrated and I only say that because she followed me on Twitter a few months ago and I don't know why um well, but I'm just gonna she, was,
3: like I've met her in person she interviewed me in like 2000 I know she interviewed you yeah that's you, how long ago it was
2: that's oh, that, I mean at this point the fact that she has never once asked to be on either the frontcast, or pod yourself a gun. Just I think I, I I've understand asked
3: her, it. but then I like it, and and she always responded and was like, you know, she never said like gave me a hard no or anything. Uh, but at a certain point, I was like, okay, she's way too big time for us and that, and, and she, I appreciate that.
4: Just invite her on to the one where where Christopher kills Cosette. <laughs> 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 we have to get,
3: we have to go back to that one.
4: She's yeah, watching so, it. <laughs> honestly like I'll sell out too. Like yeah, Lena, if you follow me on Twitter, I will just do nothing but be a major I'll be a Dunham simp. I will I'm I will go I'm to literally war for
2: you. that it that's all it takes for me I to do like you. I defend Defender still. I mean, Girls
3: was great and I don't I will not yeah. hear a word against it.
2: Mhm. Yeah. I I appreciate Girls because of Adam Driver made my look into like a sex thing.
4: I'm I'm kind of pissed off that Post Malone did the same thing for me. Like he got hot all of a sudden, and now it's like, come on, dude, be trashy, go back to your trashy roots. Exactly.
2: I
3: don't know who that but, is for me, but I'll I'll find out. Some maybe like yeah,
4: Luke Walton, Fred Durst. Uh, yeah, it could be.
2: But this oh, is not
4: a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you guys see Fred Durst's new glow up? This is. I mean, I, yes. I don't want to interrupt, but this is definitely worth an interruption. Yes. Fred Durst yes. is – I mean holy shit he he looks like a librarian now. And <laughs> he, I I listen he he's playing just down the street in like a week and a half from me. I think uh-huh. I have to go see Limp Bizkit live now. <laughs> yeah. Do they have the I mean- same
3: lineup Is that original
4: lineup? Uh, I don't think that Wes is involved. If I remember, I, I don't know. It's, honestly, it's been a long time since I've looked up the uh, the lineup for, for <laughs> the Limp band Biscuit. members
2: for Limp Bizkit.
4: <laughs> my guess is Wes Borland and his, like, the monkey suit and the contacts aren't yeah. still around. Um, I hope John Otto is still there. Mm-hmm. And then whoever the guy is that plays – who's the bass player? I don't know.
3: I don't know. Middle finger guy. I don't yeah, I don't know. AJ Soprano yeah. would know. AJ would know. would know.
4: But, yeah, I'm looking at this picture of Fred Durst right now. and I mean, he – he deleted
2: he deleted all of his previous uh instagram pictures and just posted the one where he has the the bleached white hogan and (laughs) i don't i don't understand um what the look he's going for is or why he even did it i have like part of me is like does it have something to do with the woodstock 99 documentary going after him so hard i
3: also think that like if you are if you are a public figure you have to have a certain amount of you have to stay relevant enough so that people take pictures of you every now and then, just right. so that like 20 years later, people are not like, oh, my God, he looks so different. And, yeah, and you yeah, have to be yeah, like, yeah. well, yeah, I fucking aged 20 years. What do you want right. from me?
4: <laughs> he just kind of looks like Jimmy Carter. and like yeah. he's, like he's in some sort of like biopic of, of uh, the J-Man.
2: He's doing a little bit like his face looks like I no longer break stuff. Uh-huh. And like he's almost like gotten into wellness a little bit. Like he's uh, he's found peace and uh, he doesn't have any more negativity to get out through when he, the act of breaking stuff.
3: Now when I break stuff, it's only on demo day when I'm uh, flipping houses. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is not a Fred Durst Lena Dunham's Dog Podcast. No, this is a Sopranos podcast, and we cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song Pod
5: Pod Pod
2: Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone. Uh, Today we are talking about from season five of The Sopranos, episode five, irregular around the margins. Uh this episode premiered April fourth, two thousand and four. Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis.
3: That's right. Uh a car crash <laughs> puts Tony and Adriana in a compromising position, and Cousin Tony tries to keep Chris from getting the wrong impression and the wrong information.
2: Mm. Yes, yes. And uh what, what was happening at the time that this episode premiered? Vince? That's right. We
3: cannot evaluate art without its uh cultural context. Of course, and for that we go to the Remember When Machine. Wap,
5: wap. Daddy, daddy, ba, ba, shoo, ba, remember then 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 remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation.
3: Ah yes. Well, the Remember When Machine uh, today is taking us all the way back to April fourth, two thousand four. A Pennsylvania mom stripped at her teenage son's birthday party. Uh, Patricia Johnson, 35, of Mercer, Pennsylvania, provided the naughty entertainment after plans to ride
2: go-karts fizzled. Uh, well, okay, hold on. How old was the kid? 16 <laughs> oh. apparently. Oh fuck. Okay. Damn. Uh-huh. Cops say
3: Johnson also bought beer for the kids and licked their cops? faces.
2: <laughs> they they called the cops on her? Who well, called yeah. the cops on her? Some snitch. One of the 16-year-old snitches, fucking
3: I wonder if it was her uh, son. I think it was I think it was at a hotel. Uh, and it was probably just the hotel security or something.
2: Is there a private room though?
3: How would they know? I don't know. Maybe they were being loud. Stripping is loud. Oh
2: fuck. My mom is naked. (laughs) Just everyone, (laughs) everyone in the hotel. There are underage children in here. This is awesome.
3: Uh, cops say Johnson also bought beer for the kids and licked their faces during the striptease act. She was Yo, sentenced what the fuck? to three to 15 months in jail in connection with the boozy bash.
2: What? Where, where in Pennsylvania was this? Mercer, right near the Ohio border, wherever that is. Fuck. That is, uh, that's an insane, <laughs> that's an insane story. She, she stripped Like she got completely naked for uh, his 16 year old friends
3: uh johnson then bought the boys beer and rented a hotel room where she stripped and engaged in other inappropriate behavior authorities charged
2: but who yo wow i mean
3: johnson acknowledged allowing the boys to drink alcohol and participating in horseplay with them she also said her behavior was atypical and fueled by pills and alcohol
2: well obviously (laughs) um but like horseplay could mean anything at this point uh, and I'm I'm very uh, I'm curious. I want to know some follow up on that story. If you uh, if you could just bookmark that for, <laughs> for later. Yeah,
3: I couldn't find more. That was about the the long and short of it that I could find.
2: Well, I mean, that is what was happening I- I- in that time period that would drive these these moms well, to strip in front of their kids. You know, we were living in a post Woodstock '99 world at this
3: point. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Fred Durst had already came and
2: gone. Yeah, yeah. Nine eleven had happened. That came and went. Yeah. Uh, the The Iraq War started and ended immediately, as we all remember. Um, yeah, people were just feeling they were feeling their their freedom and mm-hmm. uh, decided to do, you know, child endangerment. Is it endangerment if it's uh, if she just gets naked? I get that it's endangerment. If, I think it's like, just called uh, entertainment i mean that's what i'm saying you know yeah. i mean is it i mean it's, it sucks for the the kid but sure sure his that's, friends that's child embarrassment that's child embarrassment and that should be anyways uh <laughs> it's child embarrassment
3: and child engorgement depending on which child uh you know it's in the eye of the child
2: yeah that's true that is true i i know it when i see it um Wow, you always find the weirdest fucking stories for the Remember When Machine.
3: <laughs> um, movies, top movies in the country, Hellboy, Walking Tall, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, uh, mm. and Home on the Range. Top pop song was still Burn by Usher. Sorry, no, Yeah by Usher. Uh, and uh, the top rock song was Figured You Out by Nickelback still.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, when, so that was the that was the Remember When Machine. We that was what was happening.
3: Remembered When
2: we have now remembered when we know what was going on at the time uh that this episode came out um and and we're i think all the better for it um so yeah let's get into this episode um Vince you you did uh, you know you read the synopsis um and this is one of those cases uh in which i have to say yeah the synopsis pretty much that's correct. I mean, every other synopsis, it's like they miss all of the, you know, the B story, the C story, the D story. They just kind of like, you know, write a vague description of what happens in the episode. This is one of those episodes where kind of uh, it's just one story the whole time. Yeah. And the A story yeah.
3: leads and uh, and there is a couple like B and C stories in there, but they mostly uh, they're just the all- ripple effects of the main story.
2: Yeah, um, which is why this week, um, my body Bee story is uh, as follows. Tony, Tony, Bye. Tony, Tony, please don't fuck Christopher's future wife. Tony.
3: Oh, it's jo- Jolene. I get it now. Sorry. All
2: right, keep it going. Tony, mother- Tony, 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 bought a B-Story Sopranos 505. Adriana and Tony crash at two in the morning. Now everybody thinks there's an affair. That's pretty much all the stories. Red yeah, that's it. Uh, that's what a bitch. My name is Ass. No, you, you, you can. You can. You can. You can. How
3: you <laughs> pretend that the uh, <laughs> that, that freestyling is just something that you you have to do? You have to get just, it out. Not when for... the
2: recording is playing. I have to continue. Okay, sure.
3: You're like one of those like California raisin things that you put in front of music and it dances. You're like that, yeah. but
2: with freestyling. I just want to say I love it. That was great. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. I feel like our guests appreciate my art more than my co-hosts. And uh, PFT, you're you're uh, you're a mensch, and I love you for it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the one storyline in this episode. It is the episode where. Tony and Adriana are flirting and there's sexual tension and they get into a car wreck. And then um, the fucking rumor mill starts going. Is Jolene a song about rumors? Is that the deal? No, it's just this. Listen, it's a song about someone who could take someone else's man. Yeah. And I was like, Tony could take Christopher's you know, uh, fiance oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but mostly it's just that, you know, I got to pump these out every week. Dude. <laughs> I,
4: I thought I thought it was a perfect fit, actually. Like if you go back to the meaning of, of Jolene, yeah. she's pretty much saying like she's tucking her tail between her legs and saying, yeah. like, I, I would prefer not to be cupped. I understand if you would like to go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's kind of the, the exact same mentality Christopher has. He's like, hey, Tony, I know you, you got to kick everything upstairs. I understand, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> But, uh, but it'd be it'd be it'd be really nice if you didn't fuck my fiance. Please. Yeah. Right. It's like
2: I get that you have to wet your beak, but <laughs> I feel like there is, I don't know, a morality limit as to like right. where you can put the beak. Oh, so that's mm-hmm. the
3: song is Dolly Parton singing to a girl named Jolene who she doesn't want to steal her man, even though she. Yeah. Could. OK, got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I knew I mean, that she at le- some point and then forgot.
2: Yeah, I mean those are li- those are I think it, it, literally the lyrics. Please don't take him just because you can. Um, you know, I didn't put as much thought into choosing the songs as no. As, now uh, No, now that PFP
3: explained it, like it makes complete sense, and I'm glad that you did. Well, the All crazy right.
4: part is it's Dolly Parton singing it, and I don't think that Dolly Parton would ever run into a situation where she was going to lose her man to to somebody else with like bigger boobs than her. I, know, I was is, just like thinking that the song like about. She's yeah. she's like very well prepared for that. Dolly Parton is. <laughs> Let's be real, probably the ideal American woman in my book.
2: Absolutely. Like yeah.
4: top to bottom, everything about Dolly. Uh I would I would drop everything right now and marry Dolly Parton today. She's probably what, like eighty years old?
2: Old as shit, but Don't still care. very beautiful. Uh and, and she funded I mean,
3: my she, vaccine, so good for her. She fun
2: she funds vaccines. Uh her body is mostly like it's uh bones and, and collagen, but he's, she's like fucking the most beautiful voice uh and uh she's one of the living legend singer songwriters of our time
4: yeah which it made no sense really that she was the one singing that song i think you can only get away with singing that song having it not sound pathetic if you are like the alpha female right like you like if tony sang the song that you just sung everybody would probably like love it but no no dude is gonna like bump a, a a song that's written by very clearly a guy who um who's getting cucked yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah I, dolly I mean,
3: parton is clearly singing to another version of herself in that song like she's singing the
2: song right uh she's jolene that's yeah, the twist Another spoiler alert that's right you
4: yeah. know how you know how smart dolly is is she sang that song because she knew that losers like us would listen to it and be like oh poor dolly she's yeah so- <laughs> I, I might have a chance with Dolly Parton now. She's getting her heart broken. <laughs> she's, not that, she's not that different from me.
3: She's so sympathetic for some reason. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm just imagining... I'm trying to imagine the titties on Jolene that <laughs> she would even be a threat. Like, I don't know what she could possibly Matt, look like. there's other parts of a woman. Like, there's other things that a woman no, can have I, in terms uh, of appeal. Yeah, but let's be real. Like, if, she, if this is a threatening person... I you have to uh, at least a similar amount of titty, if not um, well, if not twice the size.
4: What I find attractive about Dolly Parton is all the good that she's done for Central Tennessee and absolutely uh, and all, all the uh, literacy that she's promoted. She mails a book to every kid that's in first grade in the city of Atlanta every year. I think she's um like that's that's the part of Dolly that I'm attracted. Maybe if she had written this song and like it's about another woman. It's about Melinda Gates. Yeah. who came up with a better vaccine. <laughs> I can see that.
3: Yeah. She wrote it about Sheryl Sandberg. Like just said all the <laughs> important things she's done for
2: girl bosses everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> lean in, lean in. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, Tony is basically, uh, Jolene in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, Easily able to take uh Chrissy's fiance Adriana, and uh, Adriana seems down with it. Um, it is, uh, uh, it, yeah, it's me-
3: actually Julian Giuliani. they'd spell it g-i-u mm-hmm. yeah,
2: time, yeah, yeah, the Italian version. Um, oh, it's just Giuliani, but- that's 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 the yeah, Italian, you're just <laughs> <laughs> it's the Italian, Julene. Rudy, yeah, Rudy, <laughs> Rudy. um yeah so this episode um yeah is about the rumor mill uh i see we have an alternate title here just rumors which uh yeah,
3: like the Van morrison about, right? album
2: yeah or i was thinking like the fleetwood mac album oh that's what i meant th- yeah i get those two yeah.
3: confused because they have the s- two words in the title and i'm really that's dumb true. like that um well also yes. they're both like words that don't mean anything to me uh fair. But anyway, yeah. It's it's like the closest thing that I think The Sopranos has had so far. Maybe other than the Columbus Day episode, but this is very much like a very special episode uh yes. about the dangers of gossip.
2: Yeah. kind of like the Columbus Day uh episode. It's um it's an episode that kind of just like plays on one uh one premise or one theme throughout the whole thing and everything kind of coalesces around around that um this is like it's a very linear episode um and it's also one of the most memorable in my opinion
3: yeah i also think it speaks to like something deep about uh the mafia which is that uh basically gossip is your entire life like you you literally live and die based on gossip because if you got too many people gossiping that you're a snitch uh you might get shot um, yeah, you know, if
2: everyone thinks you're gay, you know, you might get shot. That's, that's um, right. There's a lot of yeah. ways
3: to get shot. I mean, I guess it's sort of like the stock market, where you know, whatever everybody says is valuable uh, is, right. and whatever they say isn't isn't. Uh, same deal. So, I
4: also thought it, it was interesting when I was watching this because I've I've been talking a lot recently about the McDonald's theory of how two nations have never gone to war with each other if they both have McDonald's. Yeah, really. All the economic theory. Except its from, probably bullshit. That's by now.
3: Thomas. Free- I think th- either Thomas Friedman invented that or he popularized it, and it's like the okay. perfect—the perfect kind of Tom Friedman like pseudoscience. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah it is—it's pseudoscience, but like it basically just means if countries are buying and selling stuff to each other, they probably won't have a war. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually went back in time and looked at it, and we saw that uh, Saddam Hussein applied to get a McDonald's franchise in Iraq <laughs> back in like the late nineties and uh he was denied some corporate (laughs) bullshit red tape yeah uh they they denied his application as he was
3: walking up to the gallows he's like how is how is the application have they said yes yet (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) Yeah. but it was it was like the um somebody told me that it was like the uh like if hitler had just been allowed to continue painting who would have known what would have happened right saddam had gotten his mcdonald's we might not have gone to war with him the second time but i actually think that the Sopranos in a weird way kind of like disproves that theory because yeah. these guys all have their own McDonald's they have, you know, their strip clubs and mm-hmm, they're like yeah. construction, no show jobs, but they just use that as a means to go to war with each other. Um, and the rumor mill in this one, uh, it, it's very funny because like it can, it shows, uh, almost in like a cartoonish way, how the rumor starts to get like exaggerated and exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And occasionally the Sopranos would do something like that, where it's something that's obviously like tossed in, um, as comedic relief or like for a comedic effect it's like an old comedy trope right but they nestle it in the middle of like a giant drama so well that i don't know it it doesn't it doesn't make it seem that cartoonish and fits in with the tone of the thing but then you get like you know once uh, they find out about uh when certain people start finding out about the alleged affair and stuff it becomes like a, a means to uh go to war like even more with each other Right, over, kind of disproving the McDonald's theory, but I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> note how they do that. Like, I don't know what the device is, I'm not smart enough to understand um, the technique and how they write the episode to make something that's funny, also serious at the same time. It's like a little vignette right. of comedy. Well, I don't know it, what I'm trying to describe.
3: It's like, well, they put slapstick in the midst of uh, you know, life and death things. It's like when right when uh, when when Polly is trying to kill. Uh, Mikey Palmese and he and he starts getting uh, he gets caught in like the poison oak which right it is funny and like a sitcom thing but it is also like a believable thing that could happen while you're trying to kill a guy. right
2: mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's the, the what makes this the funniest show ever is the fact that like you know, like the contrast between recognizable, like suburban family stakes, you know, or suburban family problems, mixed with mafia stakes, like that's funny already. But uh, the fact that they like they make the uh, the family drama, the suburban drama, so real, like that, it just makes it all the more funny. Like you said, like being uh, caught up in a bunch of poison ivy. And then just using that as fuel to shoot Mikey Palmese harder because like he just (laughs) he just goes, motherfucker, (laughs) like he's more like before he was going to kill him anyways. But now he's more mad. Well, it's just one of those days now. Like, it's just one of those days
4: (laughs) where everything's
2: just
3: one of those days. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It was
4: just one of those days when when Christopher pulls up on uh, on Tony's truck when he's absolutely Mm -hmm. hammered later on in this episode. He just wanted to break stuff. He just wanted to get some of that aggression out. And by the way, uh, Tony's truck was at the the Chevrolet, the old school Chevy was at the suburban. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: I completely forgotten how square that truck was. (laughs) That that SUV is. That was like the Volvo station wagon of SUV. That was like mid two thousands giant SUV, 13 miles per gallon.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Just a big cube, like a big Mm -hmm. long cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily tippable cube. I have really um, in
3: in that moment where Chrissy's shooting up the car and uh, and I had to count the gunshots because I was curious for some
2: reason. But he, shoots I did the nine, same thing. he
3: shoots nine times and starts clicking. He's like, motherfucking gun!"
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I I have a clip of that. Motherfucker. God!
3: <laughs> uh, as, as i've noted before like uh i feel like the the art of sound design has really degraded since uh the sopranos because you listen to clips from the sopranos and you know like each individual sound has a purpose for being there in the soundscape like it's not like now it's just this wall of too many things at the same time and it turns into mush and uh, and you can't understand the dialogue half the time, but this was made like every single bullet hit something and you could tell what it was uh, just in that clip. Like it was, it was all there for a reason. And I've also noticed
4: in, in the Sopranos, they, um, to their credit, they don't do what every other show or movie ever does, which is anytime a character has a gun and they like move it just through the air it makes a clicking sound. I don't know what the fuck that is in every movie. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you just like are holding a gun and you rotate your body or the gun is put yeah. on a table. Like it sounds like they're reloading the fucking ammunition in it. I don't know right. who the sound designers are that do that, but the Sopranos, I don't think they ever do that. Like guns are, are uh, extremely silent and actually yeah. like for whatever reason, the Sopranos guns aren't that scary in this show. Like people just pull them out all the time and yeah. they, they don't, the yeah. noises. Like, I'm not afraid of that gun.
3: I feel like there's a pretentious sound designer somewhere who has an explanation for that, where he's like, "Uh, yeah, I really wanted uh, the gun to be like a snake in this. You know, it's kind of (laughs) like it's it's menacing. uh, It's the forbidden fruit. Like it sort of rattles uh, before it kills you.
4: Guns, uh, actually, it's a character in the story. (laughs) Right. So I wanted to give it, that's its its dialogue.
3: (laughs) Exactly. I wanted the gun to be like another character.
2: Um. <laughs> i love it's in the script it just says gun <laughs> chook, 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 chook. <laughs> gun shakes like maraca every time it is held um yeah i uh i, do, I, I love I, to I do that too yeah you do you shake like maraca <laughs> mm-hmm. um but let's start with the let's get into the opening scene real quick uh we start off in this episode with uh meadow uh is walking through the crazy horse club which is a club that uh adriana owns quote unquote and uh and tony shows up fucking coked out of his mind like he's clearly he's just done coke in the bathroom <laughs> and uh is like wiping his nose in front of his daughter
5: hey. what are you doing here i got an office here come down with finn Ask some people promise me no uh drinking and driving. who's your designated driver i'm not the one with all the in the car all right have fun huh need some money have a good time sweetheart be careful
3: i like that scene so much because uh it's perfect he's, tony's clearly in a situation where like less talk better but he's also just done coke so he can't help himself
2: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, like, five or six, like, what would be ending phrases for your kid going off to play soccer, you know? Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, be careful out there. Have fun with your friends. <laughs> he just, he's <laughs> coked out of his mind. So he just, he keeps trying to sound like a suburban dad who's, like, a, watching his kid get driven to softball. Uh, But that's clearly not what's going on. She is More uh, is more when you're on coke. It's true.
4: Yeah, it's like... you you realize that you said something dumb and then, well, I, I, okay. I got to put on an extra, whatever I say next will get me out of this jam. Oh shit. I just made it worse. Okay. If I okay. Now I really got to get my way out of the, both those jams and you just end up going into a darker and darker pit.
3: Yeah. Pretty soon you're talking about the t-shirt company that you're going to start and like your Mm -hmm. restaurant. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. You pull out your fucking screenplay and you're just like, this is going to change the way movies are made. I
4: just I don't understand why Tony didn't use like the private restroom at the crazy horse like he's Tony's waiting in line like a chump he's like standing outside of the stall knocking on it like hey you about done in there like does he not have his own (laughs) coke room to go to
3: I thought see I thought he was coming out of the office and the office door just happened to be near the uh, restrooms but that could be complete projection on my part.
2: Yeah, I thought he was coming out of the bathroom. That's that's how I saw it. Um, but uh it's possible he came I, I just don't know why he would leave um that room having just done coke, you know what I mean? Like he he had the he had the look of someone who like tooted up real quick in the bathroom and then walked out. Well, he's
3: also at his own club basically, so he can essentially do whatever the fuck he wants there.
2: Yeah. And I'd be more mad at Meadow for being there. Right. Uh and 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 not knowing, yeah. you know, like yo, this is how are,
3: you, it, how are you in Is this this was this set in the summer cuz like why the fuck are her and Finn uh who are going to Columbia at a North Jersey shitty rock club? Maybe the band was just so hot that they they couldn't help but see like the Chesterfield
2: 4 or whatever the fuck that band was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is strange cuz like that's a band from like what? the late sixties. And, uh, I assume that the, the band that was playing was doing a cover of, of that song, but, uh, it doesn't really matter. The point is they wanted to go for a night of, uh, you know, just like trashy music in the middle of, uh, in the middle of Jersey. And, uh, yeah. So Tony gets caught. Um, and immediately following that scene, um, you've got, uh, you've got aid, continuing to snitch uh about tony to the fbi and uh and you see the beginning of adriana's ibs Mm -hmm. uh, which i think is like a really again it's like the perfect realistic problem that you would see on like any either like sitcom or like uh tv show um that's not about the mafia where she's clearly like um her stress is causing her bowels to uh To be irritable and um, I don't know. I I relate. relate Yeah. Very relatable to
3: me. I used to have to shit every time I did uh, comedy. Like before I would Mm -hmm. do comedy, I would shit. Yeah. You know, you got nervous bowels.
4: It's also, it's great how she uh, starts drinking white Russians. As her like only means of treating it, (laughs) she's like she can't go too far from a toilet. So is she gonna like try to change anything about her life or go to therapy? No, No, she's gonna switch up entirely to white Russians. Like if you get diagnosed with lung cancer, you're like, you know what? American spirits only for me from now on. Yeah, yeah, time to make a change.
3: Well, and she's still doing coke because she's like, look, if the problem causing my IBS is stress, I gotta de stress a little bit with this cocaine.
2: i know it's a horrible vicious cycle there like yeah. she's just like well, Maybe- why am i shitting myself all the time it's because i'm stressed i better do this fucking this stimulant cut with baby laxative right well she's also
4: stressed about the middle east she made that very
2: clear <laughs> <in this episode. laughs> yeah and one of and one of my favorite uh chris moltesante aid uh adriana scenes um aid is talking to chris about her ibs and explaining exactly um what it is to to him and then why she's feeling that way and i have a clip of that
5: irritable bowel syndrome
6: he'll know more when the tests come back i still gotta bring him a stool sample
5: jesus please
6: you wouldn't want to yell at me to go to the doctor
5: i gotta know every detail
6: i could be really sick christopher
5: and my Aunt Josephine had colon cancer. A whole asshole rotted out. <laughs>
6: I may have to go into therapy. Plus, they they put me on Prozac.
5: To diarrhea?
6: It's to help me cope and handle stress, which is a lot of what causes it.
5: What do you got to be stressed about? That bar?
6: War, Christopher? Middle East?
5: You don't listen to the president? We're going to mop the floor with the whole fucking world. The whole world is going to be under our control. So what are you worked up about?
3: <laughs> I like that, Christopher, even sober is just a mixtape of shitty boyfriend things. Like all oh, of, yeah. all of the things that uh, you know not to say when you're in an argument with your girlfriend, which is that, uh, you know, her her problems are not important. Uh, right.
2: The, she has nothing to be stressed about. You're grossed and out also- about
3: any uh, any of her illnesses.
2: And then making her feel worse, like, oh, yeah, you know, my aunt died of colon cancer. Her whole asshole rotted out. (laughs) Like telling this to a person who's already stressed and has IBS is like, yeah, you know, that's that's how Chrissy rolls. He's if
4: if there's one thing women love to hear, it's like your job is easy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your job is easy. Calm
3: down. Don't tell me about your your health problems. All of the yeah. All I don't want to hear it. Yeah,
2: you're being hyster- hysterical. <laughs> it's uh, it's wild. And then also like just like wrapping up that whole thing in a bow of just that cocky American spirit where you're, <laughs> where you're so, we were like, so certain that we were just going to take over the middle East. <laughs> we were like we'll go in there. We'll knock, we'll kill a few guys. We'll, we'll put some McDonald's in there. We gotta finally, knock a few
3: heads and then it's going to be all right. They'll know not to fuck around anymore.
2: Yeah, it is Uh, that like that level of confidence in the president was you, you, like you, you a see, very real thing. You see
3: Iraq, you see Afghanistan, and you ask, hey, what
2: if I go over there and knock your two heads together? How about that? <laughs> I like that He's it's just Three Stooges style. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's basically. like, I'm going to poke his uh, two eyes, and he better hope he doesn't do the thing where he puts his hand right in front of his <laughs> face because I swear to God. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, – I, I mean, you really see – even sober chris is just a total piece of shit to to adriana so it uh, might
3: make him even more of a
2: piece of shit right well because he's like he's like super bitter and resentful that he does like uh that he has to deal with other people like drinking and doing drugs and whatnot and uh so it just makes him yeah just he's so much worse than he was before no, I think um,
4: I, I think Vince is right. It makes him, I think it makes him a much bigger piece of shit. Like he walks in yeah. and stone cold sober. He just like starts slapping Adriana around. Like yeah. it's, it's like, it, it's kind of weird to see that he actually acts worse when he's, uh, when he's sober than he is when he's drinking. It's like, okay, I, I miss when he started, when he pulled the vodka out of the fruit and started chugging it, I was like, all right, maybe this will mellow him out a little bit. This will probably be good. And it kind of did to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he did solve his problems in the yeah. end. Like they came to a good conclusion after he got hammered and went and shot up his boss's car. Like I think right. that it's probably emotionally healthy for Christopher to be drinking. Right. Or oh, yeah. I it, mean, it, it was it his way of out. saying,
3: "When you did X, it made me feel Y." And the way <laughs> is that you yeah. do that in the mafia is that you go shoot his car up. Yes, guys. Yeah. We
4: don't express our our, fe- our feelings and emotions enough exactly. as men, and the best way to do that is to just get fucking loaded.
2: Yeah. So in this episode, also, we have uh, not only Adriana's uh, IBS, but we have Tony getting, like, some skin cancer removed from his forehead, and they they bond uh, about that. Like, Tony and Aid are, like, talking about, like, oh, I've got IBS, and, you know, she he's like, I've got skin cancer, don't tell anyone, and it kind of, like... It turns into like their little secret, so you mm-hmm. can kind of feel they're
3: both bonding over very tangential experiences with cancer. It's kind of like when right. two dudes, uh, like wearing tactical clothing, uh, share stories about how they almost uh, joined the military, <laughs> fought in the war. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so close, dude! Yeah. I was so close dude, to fighting in Iraq. <laughs> I, w-
3: I almost enlisted. It was crazy, dude. They're so good- lucky
4: it goes to show you how guys will just use anything about their personal lives as a cudgel to hit on a woman. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I got cancer. You know, I noticed that you had a medical issue. Yeah, I'm right. al- I'm also dealing with, you know, I-, I got some stuff going on. I had to get an STD test. I uh, have a deviated <laughs> septum. So I-, I really understand the whole orifice thing that you got going on right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you could see the sexual tension building up between the two uh, as they're like, you know, talking about their their fucking, you know, uh, their their respective illnesses. And then Adriana is also like, she's, she's being a little forward, just be- basically being like, I wish my dad was like you. Which, like, for anyone, you know, whether or not you're a ma- mafioso, um, if someone said, I wish my dad was like you, I feel like... Um, I don't know. There's something hot about that. I kind of get it. Even mm. though it's wrong. All right, fellas. I get that it's wrong. No, but she's saying, I want I'm,
3: you to be my daddy.
2: Right. I want you to be my daddy is, and you know, that's hot. I don't know. I, I, I understood it well, as. As
3: Melfi says, that is incest by proxy that's right that's
2: right guys they, just
4: hear guys hear sentences from women that they're hitting on and it's like a checklist like am i out of it yet no i'm not out of it yet she yeah. says like you'd be a great dad you have to pause on that one be like am i out of it no i no i think i can still spin that into her liking me still yeah exactly if a
2: woman is just continuing to talk to you then you're like oh she wants to fuck like that's just that's just how we go (laughs) and just like uh uh-huh yeah yeah best friends yeah i know what that means (laughs) a mentor fuck yeah dude a mentor that pussy like well if if we're attracted to a girl we just kind of keep going for it but um hey vince hey matt as you know, Vince, I love old internet memes. Remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes? I do remember that. Here's one. When Chuck Norris went to college, he told his father, now you're the man of the house. <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to?
3: You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s. And he
2: still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince. And in it, he says he's even stronger, has more stamina and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate.
3: But yeah, it's, uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, his wife made the same change and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all
2: day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, And the problem is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special
3: videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash
2: pod yourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K dot com slash pod yourself, mymorningkick.com slash pod yourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. They almost get into it like they almost hook up uh, in this moment where they're like playing darts together and uh, you know he's like he's touching her midsection. She drops a dart and there's that moment where she's like goes down on her knees to like get the dart and uh, this, this this is one of the more like horny episodes of The Sopranos I think I've ever seen. Yeah.
3: You're like is she thinking about
2: blowing him in that moment because usually because you know,
3: like we start with a kiss or something. In my might right
2: and they almost do and it I'm too. I'm not a
3: mafia boss. So,
2: yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, it's but you are Italian, so you can relate on that level like maybe that's maybe that's what, uh, how it starts. Some people don't kiss first. They go directly to sucking dick. But anyways, um they almost kiss and then uh Philly Leotardo comes in and breaks up the party. Um and that is when Tony finally decides to go back to therapy. And uh, in this episode, we have some of uh, my favorite Melfi shit. What, yeah. what do you think, Vince?
3: I agree. I, you know, I'm on the record. I, I often don't like, I especially don't like therapy like in normal shows. Uh, and even in The Sopranos, they're so, oftentimes some of my least favorite scenes. Uh, sure. This, this episode, very solid on the therapy because, I don't know, it's like they're going back and forth and it's not It's not really they're trying to delve into his subconscious so much as just uh you know it sort of hammers home the type of people that they both are. Yeah. Can
4: you can you imagine if the Sopranos came out right now the the takes that we would get for people from people being like this shows the pussification of America even our mob bosses are going to therapy and talking about mental health is yeah. this Tony, Tony Soprano thinks he's Simone Biles there would be just like ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous takes coming yes. uh, about how this like this even our mob shows are, uh, are are showing that like, not we're not tough as we used to be. This ain't, this isn't like John Wayne's mafia.
3: This is yeah. victim culture uh, gone mm-hmm. amuck. And uh, th- I feel like there's also would be the takes about like um, people objecting to Adriana potentially being attracted to Tony. Um, oh, but God, I think the yeah. show is ahead of its game, where they sort of like they sort of shout out that. You know, that that pe- that reticence that people would have by mm-hmm. the scene where the mob, uh, where the FBI people are making fun of her for being attracted to to him. Right.
2: Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, you know, she, a girl like that wants to wants to be with Barney Rubble. And I had to think about that for a second. I was like, wait, Tony is Barney Rubble to you like that is that's uh, that's one of many reasons I hate the FBI. They can't be honest about the fact that Tony is fuckable. Right, you know like let's be real like fucking barney rubble is is a poor attempt at trying to fucking dunk on tony soprano if any i mean he is he's definitely fred flintstone and (laughs) the idea that like somehow he is like this like bumbling it's like nah dude and wilma was hot
3: and there's a reason for
2: that yeah wilma's fucking hella hot and there's a reason that they fucking you know They got all them kids, too, because he fucks good. Uh Well,
4: am I the only one that thought that Barney was just cute as a button? Barney was, he was like a little, uh, like a... He was cute. Yeah, he was, I liked his, I was more attracted to, was it Betty?
2: Oh, yeah, Betty is really hot, too. I thought Betty
4: was more of a a dish than Wilma. I
2: I, I feel like Barney is more of a himbo. And that's why it doesn't work because you know, yeah, he's well, he's not alpha either, you know. Like, Barney is like he's the beta male in the you know, Barney v. Fred uh dichotomy, you know what I mean? So, it's like you've you've got this, you've if you had a choice, which one is Tony Soprano in the Flintstones, you know,
3: I mean, he's got a, Barney's got like a Cato Kalin vibe, like, obviously, he's uh-huh. an attractive guy, but he is not like the power. Uh, he's not the 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 lead dog in that situation. Like Tony's the OJ. <laughs>
2: Tony's the OJ, okay. It's yeah. like where Cato, <laughs>
4: <laughs> No, but Barney's an awesome wingman. Like, there's no better yeah. fixer or cleanup guy that you would rather have than. Like, if you get arrested in the middle of the night, out of any cartoon character, I think I'm calling Barney Rubble.
2: Yeah, he's getting that yeah. three
3: a.m. phone call for
2: sure. Yeah, but like to me, the if that's the case, Barney Rubble is Polly Walnuts in this in this mm-hmm. Soprano scenario. Yeah. I mean, that's who. You know, he's he's Fred's ride or die. And I feel like that's, that's a more fair statement. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Anyways, this has been Yaba Gaba Ghoul, <laughs> the <laughs> Sopranos Flintstones podcast. Um, so we've got uh, them almost hooking up and Tony going back into therapy. And what's, we have this great scene. What's the town
3: from the Flint Flintstones again? Uh, Bedrock. Bedrock. Yeah. Bedrock, New Jersey. That's gotta be a place.
2: It's definitely a place. A fucking half of New Jersey is just a bunch of Flintstones references. Um, but I have a, I have a clip of the uh, Tony Melfi scene.
5: My nephew's fiancé. I know what you're thinking. Well, nothing happened. But I could have very easily. Why?
6: This is a very big step.
5: Yeah, tell me about it.
6: Tell me about the niece.
5: She's dropped dead gorgeous. I could do it right this time. I could start a whole new family.
6: And this is something you're contemplating?
5: What? It'd be a disaster of major proportions. Carmela, I'd get hosed financially. There'd be no reason with her after that. Uh, and my nephew, it would kill him. After years ago. It's a
3: very telling moment that the first consequence he thinks about of fucking his nephew's fiance. Uh, is that he might lose money? In right, his the financial disaster.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just not a good time to uh, to fuck my
5: nephew's fiance. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs>
4: That'd
5: be very bad for the girl. She doesn't deserve that.
6: It would be like committing an act of symbolic incest. Whatever. She could make a play for you. <laughs> you might want to think about how you're going to establish limits and boundaries. For example, you could tell her she means a great deal to you, but you think of her as a daughter.
5: Even if I want to fuck her brains out.
6: This is a milestone for you. You're at a very important crossroads. For once, you want to avoid doing something you know is wrong and would be destructive both to yourself and to the people you care about. That's growth. That's progress. Not long ago, you stood in my outer office. I recall you used the words drop dead gorgeous about me and how you had to have me. I said I wouldn't date you. And look, you survived.
3: Like, and the, uh, this is great. And it's the reason that I like the scenes in this because. It's not really about psychotherapy like Tony's just going there to brag about doing something good and the fact that he could fuck this young girl and right. uh, and it's clearly th- he's not growing at all but Melfi is there and she's interpreting it as it as growth because it flatters the fact it flatters her as a psychiatrist and then yeah. she like goes a step further to basically do the exact thing that Tony was doing where she was like, yeah, I could have fucked my patient and I didn't because I'm so smart.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is this is also her being like, "Look what a good job I am! I'm I'm doing as a psychiatrist. Yeah. I'm incredible at the job.
3: Not only am I good at psychiatrist uh, psychiatry, I am also very fuckable." And uh, that's the takeaway from this is what she's saying.
4: Right.
2: And also, like, again, she is confused as to what her role is in Tony's (laughs) life, you know, and and it's like, I, I can't blame her for being confused and wanting to think like, look at how the therapy is helping. But it's like, nah, like at every single moment moment where she's like oh just don't do it that's great that you came here to you know to get my you know thoughts on this don't do it and he's just like i don't know i'm pretty much gonna do it (laughs) and like the role that you serve melfi is that he's gonna go in there and try to absolve himself from the future crimes that he's going to do He, he there is part of him that doesn't want to uh hook up with adriana and knows it would be a disaster But he also would really appreciate kind of a go-ahead from Melfi. And, like, so he goes there kind of, you know, hoping for, (laughs) at at the very least, to rationalize it and talk about it out loud. Well, I think what it is— He has no one to talk to about it because it's everyone in his family knows.
3: I think there's actually, like, a name for this psychological phenomenon where— like you think about doing something good without actually doing it because, because once you've already thought about yourself doing the good thing, like you've already gotten, uh, you've already gotten the dopamine dopamine hit from, uh, knowing that you're a good person and now you can just do whatever the fuck. And I've done that. Like, Uh, yeah have you ever thought like you know something bad happens to like an acquaintance and you're like oh man i should really send a card and then you think that like three or four times without (laughs) actually doing it like i've done that a bunch of times
2: you ride on the high of thinking about giving someone a card for a week you're just like man i'm good i do that
4: with working out all the time like yeah before i'm like i'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and then at that point i'm like worked out I'm good to go. Yeah,
3: you're like yes. at a restaurant. You're like, oh, man, I should really order the salad and uh, mm-hmm. and be really good right now. And you're like, yeah, you should do that. And then yeah. the thought goes away and you fucking order the steak anyway.
2: Yeah, and you're just like, oh, let me get an extra slice or whatever you, the fuck. And your brain's having. like,
3: yeah, remember that time when you almost ordered the salad? That You're such yeah. a good
2: person.
4: Yeah, I thought dude. about not getting a second slice, but you know what? <laughs> How often <laughs> do you have to cross a prime rib? That's right. Yeah. So I mean, he's clearly
2: um he's coming there kind of like just to just to kind of work it out with her. Um, but she's you know, she's giving him the right advice. She's basically like, don't don't do it. It's fucking stupid. And of course, uh, cut to the next scene. Um, you know, Aid is fucking back with hanging out with Tony, having an awkward conversation at the crazy horse that uh, turns into a Conversation about like, you know, it would be fun uh to get some Coke. Yeah. And that's definitely what two people who aren't going to fuck do.
4: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I actually had this debate last night with somebody. Did does that is it necessarily implied that you're going to fuck if you and somebody of the opposite sex are locked locked in a room together, mind you, the doors locked. Right. And then somebody kind of puts the feeler out there. Let's get coke, and the other person says, Yeah, let's do it. And then you go into a car and drive into a different state. Is there, yeah. a, can you platonically <laughs> do something like that? Because I think that you can. I think, I
3: think you can too. I think you, you
2: absolutely can. I think
4: the
3: the possibility that you can is certainly there. But uh, it depends on, I don't think it it's depends likely, on. But I think it's, you know, it's like well, 80, 80 20, let's say.
2: Mm-hmm. I would, I, I, I disagree with that actually. I think, um, it, it all depends on you the would, experience you
3: fucking drug addict.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> it depends on, it, it, it depends on the experience of the user as someone who, by the way, just celebrated 12 years clean. Uh, so suck my dick Vince. Thank you for your, <laughs> your claps. Uh, those no, were genuine. I, I, I know
3: people can't tell when I'm being genuine.
2: No, no, those are, yeah, he was like crying and stuff. <laughs> um, like, as someone who has had a lot of experience with cocaine, um, I think if the two users are experienced in cocaine, there's absolutely a a huge percent chance that they're actually just trying to get some coke. Because the truth of it is, if you've done cocaine before, sex is not easy on cocaine. Like, sex is not... It's a, it, it feels like a horny drug, but it... Uh, you know, it, uh, it makes it hard to get hard. It's not actually like I've tried to have sex on cocaine one time and, uh, it is, it's difficult. It's not necessarily a fuck drug, at least if you use it to the extent that I used it. And I mean, I pretty much just did drugs for the love of the game, not for the fucking. So, sure. um, I wouldn't know I, about I a, that because a, I've,
3: I've never done drugs, uh, or had sex. So,
2: You've never done either, because no. you know, yeah, because you're, s-
3: you're, you're a good little boy. I'm married to The Sopranos, so you would yeah. think
4: that this would be exonerating to Christopher as an experienced drug user. He You'd would think be like, okay, I'm glad that you were going to get cocaine with my boss,
2: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It means you definitely weren't gonna go fuck. And, well, I think uh, what
3: the, what's good about this episode is partly that uh, he realizes that it doesn't matter. Like Christopher realizes yes. that it doesn't really matter. Uh, whether they fucked or not Because it's not even really about the jealousy It's about like seeing the pity In the eyes of your peers Which right. uh, I kind of Yeah I kind of understood him uh, Not you know not to the point of like beating her up Obviously but like uh, no right. <laughs> but yeah it would suck Like you're like you are married To this gossip circle in the mafia And there's very little yeah. that you can do about that And if you can't control The gossip like your life is pretty much Gone to shit
2: especially well, if the gossip is you're a cuck that's like that super sucks Yeah, you know yeah. Even it shows
4: i think what not just christopher but almost everybody else in the show how they think of relationships with women they think of it just like what will the fellas think about <laughs> right you exactly know, like, they don't actually like spending time with their girlfriends <laughs> when, right. when their penis is not actively making contact with their vagina they right. don't want to be hanging out with their wives or their girlfriends right And everything else besides that is just like them being annoyed around them and then yes. when they're around their friends they just want to be like look how hot my girl is isn't that yeah. great don't you guys love me and the yeah. other yeah, yeah the
3: other level of that is like christopher is the character in the show who has like actually uh married like for love like compared to the other characters he is the one that's actually in like a sort of love relationship and yet Mm -hmm. he is also like a caricature of a piece of shit boyfriend like he does all of the wrong things and treats her like absolute shit
2: yeah yeah um he doesn't cheat well i guess he doesn't no i'm does he not cheat i don't think so i I think he's the only character on the show yeah you never you never see him with a gumar that is true um yeah well, you know he's a complicated man because uh, he's actually you know.
3: in love, but he's only in love with the idea of Aid uh, as a person who uh, like doesn't talk or have her his own favorite parts.
2: Feeling. Yeah, her, his favorite parts of Aid are when he gets to fuck, and then when he gets to like explain stuff to her about how <laughs> he he's a soldier. Yeah, you know how the mafia like he, and the movie industry works right exactly when he's just like you know this is what a this is you know this is what a gaffer is i know a thing or two or he goes like i'm a soldier Eh," you know like his that he he likes the way that aid looks at him as a gangster um but then whenever she talks he's just like oh my god shut up i don't care (laughs) like is never seen a more impatient man um So, yeah, they uh, they get into a car accident on the way to pick up the cocaine Uh, while they're (laughs) while they're in the car. I really did love when Tony was just like, you know, you should hook me up with that friend Danielle of yours, who was like the the undercover FBI agent. And then she's just like, oh, no, she's dead. Yeah, she (laughs) she drowned at a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) And it was it was quick thinking. She fell right uh, into the
3: picnic basket and
7: died. It was yeah. very weird.
2: <laughs> it was uh, it was good thinking. I mean, you know, she thought quickly. Um, so yeah, they get into this car accident, um, and then we cut to them being uh, in the hospital, and then we're introduced to this character. Um, it is another famous moment of the Sopranos uh trying to write black people characters. I was going
3: to say this is like a fresh new twist on the Sopranos not really being able to write black characters very well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we have we're introduced to uh offended doctor. Yeah. who hot, is hot young
3: offended doctor.
2: Hot young offended doctor and and this is like there's like only a few black characters that they they write in the sopranos and sometimes they're like surprisingly smart rapper and then sometimes they're it's like uh you know goofball gangster clown and then this one is kind of in the i would say the same vein as like uh uh Meadow's ex uh Noah mm-hmm. uh Noah Tenenbaum like kind of like uh hot uh intellectual um you know professional offended person which is yeah is like, you, like you in want and of itself
3: <laughs> yeah like w- watching this guy you wonder if like the script notes said uppity somewhere in them
2: yeah right straight up it is it's it's super ridiculous the way that this character is written and i have a i have
0: a clip future chart and ruled out internal injuries so you're free to go i'll we'll have the nurse process your discharge orders
5: oh whoa, whoa. this was a very bad accident I mean, are you sure you did all the tests I can afford
0: it. I did the appropriate tests. I (laughs) hold a medical degree from Johns Hopkins. My grandmother was the first black woman licensed to practice medicine in Delaware. All right, take it easy. These blacks.
6: Who knows where they're going to take the wrong way?
7: I feel
3: like they could have softened this guy uh, and made him slightly more fleshed out as a character. Like, he works in the show, but yeah, like, I always hate it in shows when, like, a bad person offers someone money and they're like, Ugh, I would never like in yeah, my right. life, if someone offered me money, I'm like, cool. Like whatever this money was going to do, uh, has now become good because I yeah. have taken it into, into my possession. Right.
4: <laughs> and, t- and Tony's line of like, you know, for the kids, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, like every, every hospital has just like a room of children that are laying on cots. <laughs> they don't have $20 in the next 30 minutes, they can't eat. Yeah. Right,
2: yeah. He's like, it's for the Make a Wish Foundation. You know, the you little know? ones
4: limping around.
2: They got the little tube, and the nose those kids, give them the
4: yeah, money. Yeah. yeah, hey, take the money. Yeah. This kid, this kid that has terminal cancer. Here, this might brighten his day. Give him two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, you know what I, you I need. Like...
2: This kid looks like he needs a gumad. Yeah. yeah, hey, take this money and buy yourself a Patch Adams.
4: It's <laughs> like I, the thing I didn't yeah, get, get a bunch of red noses to wear. <laughs> I, the one thing I. I kind of wish they had done because you're right i don't think that they would have written if the doctor was white the character i think would not have worked in the same way because they anytime they encounter like an intellectual that stands up for themselves right process, the answer is usually just like hit him over the head with a frying pan and yeah like, right. like, yeah beat the shit out of this guy but it's very clearly them am trying to like shoehorn a character in there because they've heard the criticism of the show yes and, okay well they'll, they'll respect this man
3: Right. Yeah. And they write them in such a way that's not realistic because it's like, yeah, I think he would be scared if he had to be in a car with mobsters who just like Mm -hmm. threatened to break his kneecaps and shoot him.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And and also like, yeah, there's there is that kind of running thing of like uh, in The Sopranos, there are certain intellectuals who don't express any fear. Mm-hmm. of the uh mafia because they're just kind of like they're businessmen i'm a businessman we-, we can work it out so like him kind of yeah not really expressing any fear about the whole situation is kind of strange That's um the
4: diehard the guy at the beginning of diehard where he's like, yes I'm gonna negotiate with this guy
2: yes exactly every there's there's always Conce, that character in the Bubby, sopranos i'm your white um, knight <laughs> but uh but just for, for this scene in particular, I did feel like they really didn't write Tony saying anything presumptuous or offensive or anything, and they just kind of made the doctor offended, which I was like, oh, this is so... Why do they do this? Like, just make you make it a normal character. Anyways, um, Tony then goes to Adriana and says, hey, we gotta fucking, you know, we're gonna have to get a, our story straight here. Meanwhile, Chris hears about... All of this from uh, a couple of a couple of fat dudes that he's um, giving cigarettes to, and it kind of like immediately covers it up. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, she has an aunt in Dover who's sick. Who knows Tony's aunt? Um, when it's clear that he's like, what the fuck just happened? Um, and then. Uh, We've got Tony, you know, giving his denial in the scene where he he denies what's going on to Chrissy. He starts off picking off dog shit from his shoe. (laughs) Yeah. And and is like, hey, could you pop that in that trash can over there? Which is you got to hand it to Tony for always knowing the most alpha thing to do in every moment. (laughs) Yeah. Like he just he just knows how to do that shit. Um,
4: I like when, when Christopher found out about the accident. It actually you could see like a little glimpse into his his psyche because his first reaction wasn't jealousy. Maybe he's just too dumb and didn't think of that. Initial, right. His initial reaction was, oh, my God, is Tony OK?
2: Right. Yeah. He
4: yeah. About His boss, because like, you know, obviously Tony's family. So there is like a little bit of good buried deep down inside Christopher. It yeah. Just, I don't know it, it shows itself in weird ways sometimes yeah he does like
2: i think he does like legitimately care about tony so he was worried about like oh fuck is he okay also there's probably part of him that's like you know knows that if tony dies his his fucking ride is over because the only way the only reason he's gained fucking so much clout in the mafia is because he's the nephew of the fucking boss um but then it's once he realizes, you know, the details surrounding it, he starts getting paranoid as to, oh fuck, did they hook up? And uh, and then the game of telephone kind of starts.
1: Without a scratch, but Adriana
7: suffered a severe blow to the head.
5: Adriana got caught giving a big guy a blowjob, and when the paramedics found him, she had his cock still in her mouth. Now, statistics shows that most single car fatalities are the result of guys. Popping their load behind the wheel. Apparently, he came all over the sun visor.
6: Santorino, guess who went down on Tony Soprano?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. It's fact. If it my old lady, the next thing she suck is a tailpipe. That pretty
5: little trip sucked this pipe anytime she wants. <laughs> I like could ever have a shot. Hey, let me tell you something. When Christopher was in rehab, she was calling me all the time. I was this close. Then you got a problem. Because your brajol isn't even that long.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
5: What's so funny? Nothing. Didn't sound like nothing. I want to hear the big joke. Take it easy. We're just shooting the shit. You were just talking about my brajol. <laughs> oh, yeah? What about it? <laughs> so, uh, did you, huh? I asked him a fucking question. What are you breaking my balls for? I want a fucking answer. What's so fucking hilarious, your fucking parade float? Oh, I'm a fucking captain now. You don't talk to me like that. Oh, come on, guys. Don't put your hands on me. Chrissy, e, for Christ's sake. Fuck all of you. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey don't, don't.
2: He throws food right at Vito, which um that's got to be resolved later, which I, I love. <laughs> he threw a sandwich at me, not for nothing. It, not for nothing, you threw a sandwich at me. That's I also gotta like be that, fucking resolved.
3: That uh, Hesh is the Cliff Clavin of that uh, sequence. <laughs> where he's like, yeah, it's a little known fact that uh, you know, fifty percent of car crashes are because. Yeah,
4: yeah. That's usually something that Polly would do: is like interject with a crazy statistic that he just read in like People magazine in the right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now, now he's an expert i also like how christopher um just just jumping back a little bit but yeah. he gets better at being in the mafia when he's sober like he's yeah. his team start bringing in more money when he's thinking clearly and uh it, like he's advancing in in the crime family now that he's like no longer drinking i thought that was a nice touch
2: yeah yeah i mean he's got this whatever the cigarette scan that he's running seems like pretty well organized i mean he has to He's got a fucking Thomas guide map in front of him. Like, uh, this guy is, uh, he's, he's thinking clearly with his head straight. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, his, uh, fucking fiance might've fucked Tony Soprano. Um, so he, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him, um, kind of assuming that everyone's laughing at him and being correct. You know, it's like there's this kind of, like, general idea of, like, oh, man, he's probably just being paranoid and whatnot. I think in any other situation where, you know, the rumor mill is going, I don't know. I would assume that everyone's got their own problems and leading their own life. But in this case, literally everyone is just calling him a cuck behind his back. And and it leads to him fucking uh, having one of the most brutal scenes in The Sopranos that... um, doesn't end in anyone getting killed which is a scene between him and adriana and and i believe actually both uh adriana the the actress who plays adriana and um chris they both won emmys for this episode um probably because of this uh this next scene
6: hey I'm, i already ate there's a casserole in my- you fucking lying
5: <gasps> bitch ow stop it. what are you doing you were sucking his cock Georgie told me everything. The surgeon on the operating table said you a Tony's name. What?
3: See, again, like even in the middle of that, like they have extended the the sitcom game of telephone into like yes. a scene of domestic violence.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like the idea that he is fucking like, the the rumor has gone so ridiculously far that he thinks it's plausible that she'd be on the operating table moaning a name <laughs> like also, like. She
4: she, Have she, surgery? Did she? She was just like in the hospital. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was no surgery. And just
2: like, uh, what what do you think was ha- like, as if it's plausible that she's like in some sort of like surgical situation? She's in a coma, but she's still fucking in the dream world, <laughs> like like. Yeah. And, and he's but he's blinded by his rage and he's not very smart so well, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah and i think like the writers like on a meta level are doing well they're doing two things like on a minor level They're giving uh, us—they're giving themselves license to make Georgie only exist as a punching bag because up until now, Georgie is just like this uh, gentle uh, Lenny from *Of Mice and Men* who shows up like every four episodes to get like hit with a telephone. Yeah, uh, yeah, to to
2: fuck up at the Bing somehow and just be like, "Oh, I uh, just—you know—the ice is melting. I'm putting a new ice and just get his ass kicked." Yeah, I don't know how to use the
3: telephone, and then here, like, he actually does a bad thing by perpetuating this rumor, Uh, and then like it's also setting the stage for Chrissy to get whacked because like this whole episode basically exists, uh, exists to be like, yep, he's crossed the line and he is, he's thoroughly irredeemable at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he almost fucking gets killed over it. You know, he, he goes to the fucking Bing, shoots up the car, brings his gun into the Bing, which he's already like emptied the whole fucking, you know, clip and, he, and he's just waving it around. What I love about that scene is that you've got like uh sill using a bullhorn and just being like, <laughs> just uh, telling people like everybody calm down. <laughs> just, yeah, it's like it on is... The
4: Simpsons, the, was that the everything is fine alarm going off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I was sort of walking down so and there's like nothing to see here. No, I'm yeah. just being on the bullhorn calming everybody down. It's a disgruntled customer.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also, it's fitting that we brought uh PFT on because I believe this is like the first appearance of Tony Siragusa as uh, one of the
4: goons. That's right. A legendary performance. I mean, they saw his acting job in the 25th hour and they're like, uh-huh. this guy, this guy looks good. He can fill out a jumpsuit. So let's get him involved.
3: <laughs> I mean, he definitely is like the perfect mafia goon because like w- when he was playing football, he was like one of the few football players whose head somehow looks bigger when there's not a helmet on it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually think that he was just in the mafia the whole time, and like maybe the owner of the Ravens owed him a favor and put him on the lineup. Like he did. That's he does not look like an athlete. No, he is three hundred fifty, three hundred sixty pounds, and like he appears to be five foot seven. I think it's just like he, this was this was his demand. This was a make good in the mafia.
3: Well, you know <laughs> that he was a place kicker on his high school football team,
4: right? Shut up. Yeah, for up. real. <laughs> I got I to gotta get my hands on that film. I love it when <laughs> occasionally I'll, I'll see a picture pop up on the timeline of the goose back on the sidelines, and he's wearing like a fur coat. It actually looks like the fur coat from Goodfellas that they got <laughs> in trouble for wearing after the Lafanza raid, and he's, he's yeah. just rocking that in the end zone. It's like a 70-degree day, but when you're the goose, you gotta, sometimes you got to stunt on the haters. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, He was a New Jersey state wrestling champion with a 97 and one career record Uh, in football. He played defensive line punted and place kicked. He had a 39 yard punting average and was 15 of 18 on extra point attempts.
4: That's remarkable. Yeah, that's I got to see his Pat putt pass putt and kick picture. Like the old Andy Reed one, he's like four times the size of that poor little 10 year old. I bet goose would dwarf Andy Reed even in that
2: one. Yeah. So Yeah. Tony kicks him out and takes him out to get, uh, to get, you know, nearly executed. And then we've got fucking Tony B kind of playing, you know, deus ex machina. Uh, I mean, he's like, once again, proving himself
3: to be like the most competent mobster, like the way he effortlessly threatened the doctor earlier, uh, after, and then also, Uh, you know, talks Tony out of shooting Chrissy in the head in that moment. Right. Although I'm not sure that was a good mafia decision. I think everyone would probably agree that Tony uh, like lost face by not shooting Christopher uh, in that field. Yeah, maybe. like
4: the reason that he had for shooting Christopher in the head, like you would think that the guy that is getting cucked would be the one mad enough to kill the other guy. But in this circumstance, it's like, man, Tony's really losing his fastball he cucked another guy's wife and didn't finish finish the job and kill the guy afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Chris is at some point drops just a great insult on him. He says, you're a coos hound. And that's yeah. one that I just in my back pocket for later. That's no other reason than just to point out that that's an, a world-class insult.
2: Yeah. And you'd fuck a catcher's mitt, which is, uh, I mean, you know, that is, I feel like that's not fair as an insult because sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes you fuck uh, inanimate objects to t- stop yourself from making a terrible mistake. We th- I think we've all been there. I think we could all admit it. I'd like you guys to admit sure. it real uh-huh. quick mm-hmm. that we've all fucked inanimate. It's leather. Objects. We get it. Mm-hmm.
4: I've always said that the catcher's mitt is the second sexiest baseball glove behind the first <laughs> baseman's mitt. Oh, and sure. Then, <laughs> but it's still ahead of the infield and well ahead of the outfield with the giant webbing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's the most labial.
4: <laughs> yes.
2: Fair. Um so yeah, then we've got uh the return of uh the uh, perpetually offended doctor. And uh that is uh, it's a it's a great scene in which uh Tony B kind of like uh channels Dr. House a little bit, ends up being kind of like a uh a little medical a secret medical genius. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh I have a I have a clip of that.
5: This gentleman here's the fiancé of the young lady that I was with. Now, he's got it into his head that there was all sex going on at the time of the wreck. Listen, hey, I... Hey, uh... hey, Just a second. Well, naturally, he's very upset. So I need you to tell him there wasn't. He's obviously feeling the pressure. He's just gonna fucking lie.
0: I'm not in the custom of lying about anything.
7: These blacks.
0: But whether... Somebody was getting something in the car. How could I possibly attest to that? Well, as
5: the attending, you could explain how medically it's not possible. Excuse me? Well, for instance, if she was wearing a seatbelt, then there would have been abrasions to the lateral anterior aspect of the clavicle, wouldn't there? Or the right mid-sternum? Are you a physician? No, I'm a pre-board certified massage therapist.
2: I don't know how that really convinces Chris, in in my opinion.
4: I'd like to put on record that if any doc, I do not give any doctor permission to tell anyone for any circumstance that I was not getting my dick sucked at the time (laughs) of whatever accident that I was in. That's a HIPAA violation. That is,
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like it to be assumed that in any accident I'm in, it's because I was getting my dick sucked at the time. I mean, it would be, uh, yeah. I think it's a, a violation of medical privacy to not assume I was getting my dick sucked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this works uh, on Chris, and you know, but Chris, I think Vince, you said before, he kind of like he's he realizes that it doesn't really fucking matter. What matters is what everyone thinks is going on at the time, and uh, fucking, you know, he's and the only way that he can save face. It's uh, all go out to Vesuvio together and for everyone in the mafia who I guess I assume is always eating at Vesuvio at I th- all times. See,
3: I, my impression was that they did that on purpose somehow because how are you going to do that unless you had already just uh, clear the whole restaurant for only the mafia that night?
2: I mean, I mean, I don't know. I maybe he was just like waiting. You know, he's finding out, like, "Hey, Vito, uh, you gonna go to Vesuvio sometime soon?" You know, just like waiting for for that because very specifically he needed to make restitution also to uh, to Vito for throwing throwing the food at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I, I just assume that there's like a friday night or a saturday night everyone is like that's vesuvio night we go to artie's restaurant and eat the same red sauce we've been eating for the last 30 years
4: (laughs) yeah it's it's like a lot of bars will have like monday night is service industry night where Mm -hmm. you know people from surrounding bars restaurants go there and it's just understood that they're in the business it's like mafia night at vesuvio's yeah
3: it's wait yeah it's waste management night it is mm-hmm. it is like a, f- a funny comment on Jersey that they literally only eat the same 12 Italian dishes all the time. <laughs> like, oh, man, I can't wait to go home and Aid's going to cook me a carbonara. And it's like, God damn you fuckers. What when do you not eat uh, Gabagool?
2: I mean, if you I found
4: the best food, it, it's one of the most delicious looking television snacks. When Tony goes into the fridge and just starts eating cold cuts off the paper.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
4: he, like that, and um, and the way that the Simpsons made beer look. Are yeah, it's just television food items.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I as someone who does do a midday snack of various cold cuts, like I, I will say, doing that every day seems like such a recipe a recipe for for uh, heart problems. That it's uh, it's always surprising to me that. Like, I'm not surprised James Gandolfini is dead. I'm surprised everyone else is still alive. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the fact that Bobby Bacala is alive and well is like, that's like a miracle of modern medical science. That's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, everyone goes out to eat. Uh, everyone kind of like uh, kisses and makes up. And um, and yeah, the, it kind of uh, fades out and we just kind of move on. Um, I I think one of the ending scenes that I like the most is Aid meeting up with the FBI, um, and San Severino, the FBI agent, is like looking at her face is all like fucked up and stuff like that, and she's like, most of this is from the accident, and uh, in order to try to convince Adriana to like snitch more on Tony, she just goes, it's a syndrome protecting abusers. And I, there's, like, something about the way that the FBI is, has kind of, like, positioned themselves as, like, the liberal good guys. Yeah, She's very much, like, <laughs> the scoldy liberal in this story. Yes. Yeah. She's just, like, you know, uh, there's a lot of reasons why Tony is bad. But one of the big reasons is that he's very problematic. <laughs> you know? Like, that's yeah. that's Honestly, the feeling. Toxic. Yeah. He's, he's displaying toxic masculinity. We're actually doing a wiretap mostly to find the different instances of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. you know it's like the, the the i just hate the way or i love the way the fbi positions themselves as the good guy in this by uh appealing to liberal values um vince do you have a favorite least favorite scene yeah we didn't get to talk about this but
3: uh and well first of all tony and carmela have that amazing fight which is amazing on so many levels and it ends with her dropping the pizza and tony storms out and then in that moment i was like oh come on there's no way this fat italian guy is gonna leave like a perfectly good pizza sitting on the floor like that and uh-huh. like like clockwork he comes back in picks up the pizza and he's like yeah i'm taking my fucking pizza with me uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah and i thought that was perfect
2: uh what about you pft do you have a like a favorite scene or at least
4: favorite scene in this I liked when when Chrissy was meeting with the guys with the uh, the the van filled with goods, and mm-hmm. he was like offended. He's like, "No one's going to know what to do with this stuff. What is this fancy mumbo jumbo?" And it was like a pressure cooker and like a toaster. <laughs> he was, like, he was, like get this shit out of this fancy shit out of here. And then they come back with he comes back with cigarettes. He's like, "Now this is the real score." Like, <laughs> By people know, they know what they want. It's not kitchen appliances. <laughs> they don't know
2: how to use a fucking instant pot. They do know how to smoke some cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, fucking if I had to rate this episode with like any, you know, uh grade, uh I would say a solid B plus. Vince, what what would you give this episode?
3: Ooh, it's a tough one. Like we said, you know, this is a very uh streamlined linear uh episode of the sopranos sort of a departure but in a way that really works <laughs> and if i had to give it a review i think uh if i had to give it a grade i think solid b plus definitely
2: all right cool so that was a surprise uh pft what would you uh rate this episode what letter grade
4: so i i had this one um it's it's a great episode it's it's very, very good. Uh, I think people who are diehard fans of The Sopranos will, will absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And if you're a casual fan, there are enough scenes to make you feel like it's a valuable use of your time and you'll really enjoy it as well. Uh, but I think it does appeal a little bit more to those that, that have been following it for a while. So for that reason, uh, give it just short of an A. I'm going to give it a B plus.
2: Fair. Mm. All right. That's, that yep. is a good but fair tough but fair um yeah b plus episode of the sopranos and uh a plus episode of pod yourself a gun pft thank you so much for coming on where can people find you on the internet
4: uh check me out at uh pft commenter on twitter mm. and then actually no i changed my hand. it's at lenny dykstra make sure to follow at Lenny Dykstra. Um, that's that's my new account that I've got. Uh-huh. I was hanging outside the Federal Reserve this morning in New York City trying to mm-hmm. get my money back. Um, so <laughs> tune in and set tweet notifications, and I'm sure once I get <laughs> my money from the Federal Reserve, uh, I'll instruct you guys how to do the exact same. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Follow at Lenny Dykstra on Twitter immediately. <laughs> do not follow uh, PFT Uh, you know uh, his old account that is that's done he's done with that Uh, and uh, yeah listen to pardon my take uh, wherever you get uh, fucking podcasts Uh, patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the bonus episodes of the film drunk broadcast where Vince and I talk about things other than the Sopranos we talk about movies we talk about other TV shows and uh, this week we have some new um, Pod yourself a shout out patrons Vince. Oh, do re- we? I can't wait. Are you ready?
3: I got Ooh. I got to loosen up to give some nicknames. Okay.
2: All right, let's, let's do, do this shit. First, we got James Lazor. Lazor. La- Laser or
3: Lazor? I thought it was L A Z O R. Okay. Well, we'll call it that's the lazy boy. Hey, we call this guy the recliner, you know? He's always uh he's always kicking back. He's always throwing
2: kickers. The <laughs> All recliner. Right. James the recliner Lazor. And then we have Russell Strandberg. Whew, that's a tough. Old, tough. Yeah, good one. luck. <laughs> <laughs> Trying St- to make a mafia name out of a Strandberg. Strandberg,
3: you know, he's like stand, stand and deliver. We call this guy almost.
2: Okay, All right. <laughs> he was in
3: stand and deliver.
2: I think. Yeah, I got you. No, he was. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we have uh, Anthony Fox. What's his What's his first name? Anthony.
4: About Anthony, this guy Fox.
2: Oh, I like like it. This guy, we call him this guy because this guy fucks. Very good. Guy Uh,
3: Fox, like he's got the the V frame vendor. It works. Yeah, it it works works on on
2: a lot of levels. A a lot of levels. I'm
4: just, I'm just stopping by.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two more. We got Bob Dabolina. Oh,
3: Dabolina. We call, we call him the Dabbler. He's always uh, such a dilettante. This guy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the, the, bob the dilettante dabbler dabblina a very, <laughs> like it. very very good uh and finally chris dean chris dean uh you know we call him banana rama
3: based on the way we did that last guy's uh nickname uh yeah i
2: don't remember uh, uh, why 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 do you call him banana because uh like the i don't know dude <laughs> 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 all right, Chris you know, Banana d You
3: can't explain every nickname sometimes. Uh, uh, you don't have to. that's guy's, yes. that guy's name Snot Boogie. Like, what are you going to yeah, do? That's What's his
2: name. That's the, the Snot Boogie of this crew of $8 plus patrons. These are actually all $20 patrons. Um, so uh, that means that these people uh, were signing up for more than just a nickname. And that will happen. We are going to be starting up the... Uh, mystery frauding theater uh where we're gonna do a uh, fucking uh live commentary on movies once a month at twenty dollars uh, we're gonna start doing that on fucking discord so fucking you know get on the discord and uh, just uh, talk to us send us memes and shit Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number?
3: Uh yeah, uh, I think we need, we're about due for another uh, listener mail episode. We got a lot of voicemails uh, for future yeah, voicemails. 415-275-0030.
2: All right, everybody. Thank you again so much for beer, listening. And until LA, next LA, LA, time, man, man, don't clap, stop clap, clap, believing. All up in that ass with that cat. Trying to suck some dick, trying to eat some butts, trying to fuck some nuts, trying to bust my shit and fuck a bitch until we have sex. Uh, eating shit is fun, bitch. Eat, I got a gun.